0: Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas.
1: Woohoo! Welcome to today's show. Thank you for listening in today. Hawaii, aloha in San Diego. What's up? I'll tell you uh, what's up. It's Jesus, Jesus. Uh, Again, today, we will be, it's a break in between our next book. Our next book is going to be the book of Isaiah. And we're going to start that next Sunday. And it's going to be a journey. I want you to take it with us. So today's an off week. But what I thought I'd do today is that we would go over the biggest event in history. And that to me, as 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 well, what I meant by that is that I would ever see, and the church would ever see, and that's the rapture. So we will be talking about that today. But I have my wife back again. Um, <laughs> and we wanted to talk a little bit about education. My wife is uh, you know really sharp, she has a master's degree, um uh, She has a a broker's license in real estate and she oversees uh, our education center and she's actually the director. And of course, most of you know, they now have a podcast called The Woman of the Word. But today we're going to talk a little bit about the education that the children receive. Uh, We want to stay informed and be informed because this is something your church pastors could start at their churches. And we believe that it's a movement now with having educational centers because of the way our public schools are going. And of course, we all know the indoctrination of the transgender movement. It isn't really anything new. They've had it back during the Roman times. It's always been men that uh, have thought they were women when they're really men. And, you know, scripture is very clear, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And so we will talk a little bit about education and her upcoming events and what the uh, uh, school is about to go to, which is a winter camp. But without further ado, here's uh, my wife, Cleta Riojas, and I'll have her introduce you to you and probably just say a little bit about herself. I mean, I said Probably a lot of things already. So, (laughs) Cleta,
2: Hello, listeners. Um, It's good to be here again. I'm excited to talk about um, education today. Um, It's apparently the hot topic as parents and you are getting into thinking about where you're going to go in the fall.
1: Absolutely. Where are you going to go in the fall or or where are you going to enroll your children in the fall? You know, we live in some pretty... Perilous times, you know, evil is good and, and good is evil. Just like Isaiah said, and we're changing times and seasons and things are rapidly declining. Yet I am of the mindset that 2024 is the year of the Lord. I am not saying that he's coming back today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. But I know he's coming back soon. I say the year of the Lord is. Because of his outpouring of his spirit that we've been already experiencing. And I believe 2024 is going to be even a greater year for that. I believe our country is going to be restored. I believe the right person is going to be in office. I believe that the direction of the church is pointing towards heaven right now. We, We saw some things happen last year with Osbury. Uh, The college and the revivals and other colleges that have had uh, somewhat of revivals and experiencing an awakening of the church, a sleeping giant. So let me ask you some questions. Um, How long have you been at this educational center now and what is it called?
2: Uh, We're called Freedom Generation Higher Education, uh, located in Oceanside, hosted by At the Cross Oceanside Church. We're going into our fourth year um, this fall of 2024. Um, We are excited because we are affiliated with Turning Point Academy, and it's been such a blessing to be a part of what um, Charlie Kirk and everyone's doing at Turning Point Academy across the nation um, and, and it's really mostly the heart of everything is that we believe that education is discipleship. And one of the books I've, or if you listeners have an opportunity to read or even maybe do an audio on it, it's called Battle for the American Mind by Pete Hegseth. And I highly recommend reading that. It's um, it talks about uprooting a century of miseducation and it's extremely just a great read to just get into and listen to because you can kind of see where we've, how far we've come away from actually educating our students on how, on what to think instead of going back to the roots on educating them how to think and not what to think. And that's kind of the core of education. Um, When uh, I think about what we're doing at the educational center I had an opportunity to um, interview a new family yesterday, and one of the things that really stood out for this family was that we're really fine-tuning how education is. So, for example, when we think of public education, we're basically just creating workers. We're getting them in, getting them out. We're not giving them the best education unless... That money well, it's free education, right, public education, and so we're we're creating workers and not um, entrepreneurs or inventors and so on, and so we're just um, putting our kids in in school all day long and with probably thirty plus students and one teacher and and we're not really allowing them to develop in this and skills and everything that they need to actually be successful in life. And so with what we're doing, we're having this opportunity to pour into this generation with the um, actual life skills and career skills that will prepare them for the future.
1: That's pretty amazing because if you send your kid to Roman schools, what do you expect to get back? Roman soldiers.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And so, um, so all that to say is, um, yeah, we're, we're excited. We're um, just so for those of you parents um, who are out there, we are, we are open enrollment. Um, I know a lot of times um, if you're moving in to like North County from different states or um, those of you parents who have made the decision to pull your child out of the public education, we do keep an open enrollment all year long, specifically for situations in that manner. So I encourage you to, you know, definitely get connected with us. You can find us on all social media platforms. Um, you can give us a call and we can really walk through with you. And so we're just excited to be able to um, really change the trajectory of education and see um, a better future for our children. You know, they're the they're the future. And if we don't pour into this next generation and teach them great values like, you know, the Constitution and our founding fathers and actual real history, not history that's been rewritten, then I truly believe that we can really make a difference with
1: this next generation. So I believe that's a big problem right now because they're teaching people things that aren't factual anymore. and Exactly. And there's no absolutes. Uh, there isn't anything... That is concrete anymore, and our kids, the teachers are making the mind up for the children. And if they see any feminist within you, feminist movement, they'll tell you that you're actually not a boy but a girl. Same thing with the girl, and and you're not a girl but a boy. And then there's they're really not teaching the children skills um, to get out there and 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 use their own minds so praise god for that let me ask you a question so i know uh, last year cuz your teachers are uh those teaching are are very uh, educated last year you went to chicago for a summit with turning point uh education the education part of it
2: right um, yes
1: with turning point academy mm-hmm. turning point academy yes. this year you're going uh where for the, for that Year meeting that you guys um, hold?
2: Yes, we're going to Florida. So every year what they're doing is, um, Turning Point Academy really takes um, it to the next level with resources and educating your tutors, your teachers. So they do an educational summit um, once a year, um, and that's what we're going this year. We go at an educational summit to really learn um the arts of every single subject. But first and foremost, I also want to um, say one of the other things that they do is the great book summit. So what they're doing is they're uh, bringing you, bringing people, all of us who are, has started an educational center or five C schools, what they call it. And we get to explore a lot of um, methods for classroom or homeschool implementation and learn the purpose of all the great books that have been essentially removed from from our schools and a lot of the books that these uh, students are reading are books that only one would have access to if you were maybe in a um, very prestigious private Christian school or um, college for that matter.
1: Wow. So when they talk about banning books and they get up and you're banning all of our books, all of these indoctrinal books where they, um, are trying to teach you that you can be a boy, you can be a girl, if you're the opposite sex. And they said, we're not about banning books. They're the ones that have actually got rid of the good stuff.
2: The good stuff. And they're bringing in um, woke um, books that are just, it doesn't even, oh my goodness. They're again, rewriting history. I think one of the books that really caught me, which is very interesting. Um, and I know this because we, you know, I know have friends who are teachers who are still in the public education Um and they go, for example, in charter schools, charter school, if you're like on a certain type of track, they give you some funds to purchase a uh, curriculum. Well, um, this particular um, uh, student was trying to use her funds to purchase some of the books that we have, and the school wouldn't allow them. So one great book is The Confession of St. Augustine, The Confessions of St. Augustine. And that's an amazing piece of literature that has been no longer, well we don't hear about it a lot of these students aren't reading it, and this is an amazing thing, so what we're doing, for example, with this particular uh, book as after the students read it, we're having them go in to write a narrative essay imitating like the style of Augustine, where they retell their faults and motivations as well as god's grace to you to them in the midst of the situation and it's so important, especially for uh, students to really understand um the, this especially at a young age and they're essentially removing this and, and and inserting transgender books and and um talking about the great heroes of um the maybe the LGBTq movement like these are great heroes of our time yet they're removing great literature such as the confessions of Saint Augustine
1: wow wow that's that is interesting you mentioned five C's what is what does that mean what is 5c uh education mean yes
2: so first and foremost um to be a part of turning point um uh, academy like an affiliate um it's basically taking the initiative of being a taking the 5c model. So the 5c is christian classical conservative church-based and cost affordable so first and foremost obviously take the um vow or so to speak that you are you are going to be teaching everything from a biblical worldview um, that all of the curriculum is going to be rooted from that and then the classical education part is that you're teaching it from a classical point of view so Many times traditional education has not quite been the greatest thing for um, to educate a, a student in. And the classical education definitely helps them flourish and helps them be consistent with um, thinkers and great thinkers in human histories and how they were created or how they were educated, so to speak. And then you have conservative. So we are obviously very um, God, family uh, very conservative in our values and, uh, and our, uh, we'll say, our political beliefs in the sense of teaching these kids constitution and really um, uh, building that framework on understanding their founding fathers and then a church-based. So in order to be part of this, um, and I encourage you, if you're a pastor's wife there or a pastor listening today, um, open your church up this is like the most important thing if you're going to make a a mark on this life and and before you make it to the other side to heaven is opening your church up if it's not being used during the week and and the building's empty what better way than to have that church filled with with um just the laughter of children running through and fl- and flow outside and through the hallways and just and seeing them learn and grow and and in the things of the Lord and what better way to have it under your protection at your church. And so it's so important to be church based. And then what also is that is being cost affordable. So, we um although we give like uh the best curriculum and, and education that you money can buy, uh, we make it very cost affordable and that comes in in forms of um, people who are donating to um what we're doing and believing in the cause of raising up the next generation to help keep the cost low we're getting you're getting a very quality private Christian education at the fraction of a cost
1: fraction of the cost that's a- I like that, a, a fraction of the cost. So the other day I had an opportunity to walk in into one of the class and in one of the classrooms and there was a bunch of littles and mm-hmm. they were learning Latin. Mm. Yeah, you walked into the Latin class. What grade are they in? <laughs> that kind- blew me away. Kinder,
2: kinder. We, we teach, um, we start to introduce Latin at Kinder at the uh, kinder level, yes, kindergarten. So, so
1: they're um, learning words, right?
2: Yes, they're learning they're learning um, and, and what's beautiful about Latin because it's going to help them, um, it, it encompasses, oh my goodness, so much. Uh, I can do a whole thing. We could do a whole uh, uh, segment on that, but really uh, just to kind of simplify it, they're going to they're gonna be able to be exposed to five different languages, which helps them to um, even not only learn five different languages as they get older, but also um, it help most, what I love about it helps them w- with um, their we'll just say their linguistics. So as they get into higher level um, li- English classes, um, it really helps them break down like their spelling um, because most of, of when you look at, well, even like if you ever go to like science or, or medical school and things of that nature, law school, you know, all of it's rooted from, from the, it's all rooted in Latin.
1: Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Um, so they're learning words. Is that correct? Is that the meaning of words. Everything, words,
2: song, um, uh, little sentences at that age, and then when they get where our older uh, students are at, they're um, actually learning how to um, write paragraphs and say things in, you know, in paragraph form from Latin.
1: That's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, etymology is a really, uh, it's an amazing phrase, and it really, what it does, it, it gives the root of where the word comes from, And it's makeup. And that's exactly what you guys are doing because a lot of um, of language comes from Latin. It's it's rooted from there. And that's that's pretty amazing. So uh, let me uh, ask you uh, another question. Outside of them being trained like once a year, do you uh, and your teachers sit down and go over any other curriculum or or how, how does that work?
2: Yeah, so um, pretty much what Turning Point Academy has done such a great job is uh, providing all the resources. So they have their whole team doing all the research and all the resources, which takes a lot of the. If you're wanting to start an edu- uh, school educational center, it takes all the guesswork out, and so and and a lot of the work really. Because I remember. When I first started homeschooling, it was there's so much out there, and all of it looks great, all the great math c- curriculum and you know from biblical perspectives and there 's a lot of great curriculum out there. But what happens is is that you know you have to decide as a homeschooler or a, a private Christian um, school is where where what are you going to teach are you going to teach from a classical perspective a traditional or what or so on and then there's the research that goes into um, how students actually learn well. And so what we have seen and what they have seen over the the years and, and um, hundreds of years is that classical education is by far the best way to educate your child. So
1: what is classical education?
2: So c- classical education is, oh, let's see, how would I, what's a simpler way to... to best way to, to word to, it, to understand <laughs> it. Um, so classical education is what they, the goal of it is like, we teach it from the the trivium. So the trivium, when you think of the trivium, it's to educate students, not in what to think primarily, but in how to think thoroughly, maturely and biblically. And when we think of the trivium, um, the trivium is basically a classical education made up of three distinctive elements. And so there's three of them. The first one is that God is the foundation of all teaching Um, and the second one is, as the proven method of the trivium is followed, then dictates what is taught and how it is taught. And the third one is what I talked about earlier. The great works are read and used, which, you know, um, the confessions of St. Augustine, right? So, um, and we break them down. So when you look at the three different stages, there's the grammar stage, which is kinder through sixth grade. Uh, then we call it the logic stage, which is seventh and eighth grade. And then the rhetoric stage, which is ninth through 12th grade. And what's interesting is through all, what I love about classical, because when you look at the grammar stage, and the grammar stage is your kinder through sixth grade, what they're doing is they're studying the fundamentals of discipline in order to um, build a framework of knowledge, which later that information is you know, can be hung, but those questions of who, what, where, and when are the focus. And tutors basically at this grammar stage level act as like lecturers and coaches. Um, so they transmit all that information in their, in their classroom when they're teaching, um, by planning and kind of supervising the practice of that information, kind of motivating them, right? So. When we think of what's being, what kind of skills are being mastered at that level, and what my favorite level right now, where 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 I'm specifically in, is the logic stage. And what I love about the logic stage is because it takes um, the grammar of all the disciplines into an ordered relationship. So from everything that they had in their grammar years, the goal now at this point is to equip the students with thinking skills necessary. Um, uh, to recognize sound arguments and ideas and, um, and, and they take those ideas to and able to detect and correct like fall- fallacious ones. So for example, at this stage, they're addressing questions of how and why. So me as, as a tutor, um, I would act as like maybe a midwife. And at that point, As a midwife, the students at this age, they're using a Socratic method. And so we're leading into questions. And I'm helping the students give birth to an idea rather than saying, well, give me the answer. Well, let's talk about it. And we're sitting in um, more of a Socratic model, sitting in a circle and discussing. And I'm helping them to... Um, come to that uh, understanding of what they're learning. So
1: it leaves nobody behind, actually, because everybody's participating.
2: Absolutely. Yes. And everybody has a voice. And and that's a good point. And that's a really great thing. And so it really does build that foundation. So when they get to the rhetoric stage, um, which is basically high school, um, that stage is basically how it seeks to produce students who can use language, both written and spoken. um, You know, it says, So they're able to basically express their thoughts eloquently and persuasively. So a tutor, let's say at this level, would um, achieve like the final act as a tutor. So this is the point where they set the students on their own. And they're basically just supervising and giving feedback. So by the time they get to high school, if they go all the way through classical education, by the time they get to high school, they've become a very independent um, uh, student that is persevering and pushing forward without little... To no help, and so that's why it's um, it's also such a beautiful thing because then at this point they're not only independently working, um, but they're also able to handle college courses at
1: ninth grade. Wow, that's awesome! Are you guys is the educational center still doing chapel Is it every day or is it every other day? How does that work? Yeah, so we do it on
2: Wednesdays um, once a week. Um, and we focus on uh, chapel time every Wednesday um, because they're getting everything from a biblical uh, standpoint. Um, and so our chapel time is on Wednesday.
1: I remember it used to be like every day. You guys would start every day by the Pledge of Allegiance and you guys re- recite the preamble. and
2: Oh, yes. Well, that's still being taught in their classes. So they, I, so this year we um, decided to actually have the students go straight to the class so they have more— um of us instead of a bigger setting like it is on Wednesdays with the whole um educational center coming together
1: everybody deals with their own ages
2: yes yeah, so they actually with their with their teachers they do that with their teachers which we found to be more effective so for example if they're not getting the preamble memorized or we are we're helping them uh memorize john chapter 1 by heart by memory um and so they can work on that. They do that the first part of their class, and
1: then they go into their class. So that's yeah. So on Wednesday, the whole, all the all the uh, the students at the educational center get together.
2: Yes, and it's beautiful because when you see him, you hear him in sync um, reciting the preamble uh, and also John chapter one. I think they're all the way to one through to, uh, verse twenty three by memory. It's a beautiful harmony. I mean, they're all just in
1: sync, and they all know it. That's amazing. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you and maybe they want to start something at their church um, and bring it to their pastor, or if a pastor is listening right now and they're considering, um, how do they get a hold of you? Because I know you would be open to speaking to somebody, right?
2: Yes, definitely. I would definitely encourage you, um, if you're in North County or San Diego, anywhere, give me a call. My name is Cleta Rioja, so you can call me. I would um, definitely um love to help you get started. My number is 760-994-3534. You can also reach us at freedomgenerationedu.com is, and then we're on all social media um, platforms.
1: Awesome. Is there a website?
2: Yes. uh, (laughs) Freedomgenerationedu.com.
1: Awesome. Thank you again. Thank you for being on the show. And next week, we're going to have a special guest and and then this month, we're going to have a Liberty uh, First Liberty First Liberty's, one of their top attorneys. So thank you for listening. We'll be right back with a special message from First Thessalonians chapter four. Thank you, Cleta Riojas. God bless you. We love you. And we will be right back. Woo-hoo!
3: Join Women of the Word answering the unasked questions on Monday at 5 p.m. on Rumble, YouTube, and all media platforms. Women of the Word is an alliance made up of a pastor's wife and ministry leaders who understand the unique challenges faced by women in these roles. Women of the Word ministry is aimed at supporting those in the community in a variety of ministerial roles, offering insights and practical tips according to the Word of God. Listen on your favorite media platforms on Monday at 5 p.m. and visit them at WOTWministry.com.
0: Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 8th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now enrolling. Visit them online at FreedomGenerationEDU.com or at thecrossoceanside.com.
1: Woo-hoo! Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas And now the latter part of our show Which is the best part of the show We have a special message um, Next week we will pick it up again In the new book that we're going to go through And it's going to be a journey We're going to go through the book of Isaiah But today we're going to pick it up in First Thessalonians chapter four, and I want to make sure that we all have a set s- study, a set teaching, a set understanding of what the rapture is. So without further ado, I want to start in First Thessalonians chapter four, and it says this: Furthermore, then we beseech you, or we're pleading with you, brethren. And exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God so you would abound more and more so that you would grow, that you would do the right thing, that you would keep your eyes on the Lord, right? Verse 2 says this, for you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. We spoke to you before this letter was written to you so that you would know what it's all about, what it. What we need to do to stay close to Jesus. Three says this, for this is the will of God. You want to know what the will of God? Here it is. For this is the will of God. Even your sanctification. Sanctification is literally to set yourself aside for God. That simply means that you put him first, that we put him first, that he's the focus of our life, that Jesus is the king of king and Lord of lords, and that he resides in our heart. If you're listening now and don't know what that means, it simply means to say Jesus and to mean this wholeheartedly come into my mouth. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. You're welcome to reside in me and to take over my life. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead on the third day, and I believe you are God. Help me, Lord, and I confess all of my sins, make me clean. And when you do that, it sets you aside. And if you've already done that, you've been sanctified, you've been set aside. The Bible is very clear that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It doesn't mean that we fall short or that we're perfect all the time. What, what that's saying is that we're focusing and keeping our eyes on God. And that when we do sin, we confess our sins because he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can read that in 1 John one nine. But as we continue, it says, that you should abstain from fornication. Now, that part of Macedonia, the Thessalonians, the Ephesians, the Galatians, they all had a hard time with fornication because of the God that they serve. And they literally serve, you know, this God that they said fell from heaven. They call her Diana. Others called her Ephroditus. But when you the heart of it was that they would have these orgies and that's, that's nasty. That's what the world does. That's what we, we did in the back. That doesn't, shouldn't even be in our heart no more. And that's exactly what he's saying is, look, don't sleep around. When God created man and woman, he created them to have a union between each other, Adam and Eve. And so again, it wasn't Adam and Steve. It was Adam and Eve. And so if you think otherwise, you have it wrong. Love is not love. God is love. And you have seen those signs? You've heard that saying, love is love. No, it's not. God is love. And God is the one who sets the standard. God is a God of morality. God is a God of, of perfect peace. So as we read this, again, it says, this to abstain from fornication again, fornication is when you're having sex outside of marriage and any immorality that it has to do with that and it says this that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel, your body, your vessel is your body in sanctification and honor that your body should be God's you know what it says in uh in Romans. Chapter 12, verse 1. i It's powerful to me. It says this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies. Listen, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is what? Your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? We need to renew it on a daily basis. That's by getting into his word, by staying in prayer, and by fellowshipping and not missing church. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What is the will of God? Again, not to be conformed to this world. That's another another thing that God wants from you. But as we go back to First Thessalonians chapter four, it says this in verse five: not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. That's of course what the Gentiles do or even Jewish people that are outside of the will of God that don't know Jesus Christ. That no man be, go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter. Don't defraud your brother, one another person who says you're a Christian. For that instance, don't defraud anybody because that the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God has called us unto uncleanness, but unto Holiness. He therefore that despises, despises not man, but God, who hath also given us his Holy Spirit. But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in Macedonia. But we beseech you, or we plead with you, brethren, that ye or that you increase more and more walk in these things from Paul says it also in, in Romans from glory to glory and that you study to be quiet. Oh, that's a tough one. Quiet, not loud or crazy. Now you can get loud for Jesus, but really it's not to get into other people's business to do your own business, as it, the verse says, and to work with your hands as we commanded you. That you may walk honestly toward them that are without and that you may have lack of nothing. So how do you get to that place of lacking nothing? That you walk honestly toward all men, that you stay away from fornication, that you be quiet, that you mind your own business, that you set your body aside for. God, easy instructions. Thirteen says this, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Look, I don't want you not to know. Ignorance is really not a bad word. You just don't know somebody. I know it sounds kind of vulgar. When hey, stop being ignorant. Ignorant just you just don't know. And that you sorrow not, that you don't go into this depression. Um, even as others which have no hope. See, Jesus is hope. Jesus is love. Hope is not Jesus, and love is not Jesus. Jesus is hope, and Jesus is love. And we have hope because we believe in him. And here's the teaching. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, do you believe that Jesus Christ and rose again? That's the foundation. That is the rock on which we believe, that he died and rose again. Paul, when he's writing to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, says that if if Christ didn't die, then your faith is in vain and that we're still in our sins and our hope is miserable, that there's nothing to really hope for. And it continues, if we believe all that, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, all those that have died in Jesus, because remember Paul said, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Why did he say that? He says, because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That simply means that when you die as a believer in Jesus Christ, because he is the way, the truth, and the life, you go to be in his presence. You don't have your glorified body yet because he's preparing, it. he's going to give it to you, and that'll happen at the resurrection. Let's continue. So what he's saying is, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. What? What does that that mean? What he's saying is when Jesus comes back, he's already bringing those that have died in Christ back with him. Look what it says. Even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. He will bring them with him when he comes. Because look at the context. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive, listen, we which are alive are here, uh, which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep. Wait a minute. What does that mean? What he's saying is he's bringing back with him already those that have died. He's bringing them back already, but we're not going to prevent this great event that's going to happen If we are alive when he comes back at rapture time, at harpazo time. And let's go on so that you understand a little better. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout from the heaven. Remember, the Bible speaks about three heavens. It speaks about our heaven, space heaven, and then the heaven where he dwells and all the angels. Now, of course, God is... Everywhere at the same time, he's omniscient. He's ever-present. But that's where the believers that die go to be with him. Watch what it says. For the Lord himself should descend from heaven with a shout, and he's already bringing those that have died in Christ with him, with the voice of the archangel. Who's the archangel? The Bible talks about one archangel, and that's Michael. So Michael goes off, plays the trumpet, kind of like that. Probably a little cleaner, a little nicer, more musically. And it probably sounds beautiful, but look what it says. And with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Whoa, the dead in Christ shall rise first. I thought he's bringing them back. What's rising first? It's all the chemicals, all the composition that your body is made up of. The dead in Christ writes first. That dead body. You're like, what if I was, what if someone was cremated and tossed into the sea and it fell into a fish's mouth or to the bottom of the ocean or all over the world where the ashes were scattered? Well, what he does is remember, God is God. He created everything we see in six days. He created the heavens. He created Time, space, matter, beginning, heavens, and earth, all at the same time, one time on the first day. So how hard is it for God to gather all the composition of that dead body and raise it up so that it gets a brand new body? Because look what it says. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then look at 17 says, Then we which are alive... Woo, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Now, that word caught up in the original language was harpazo. Harpazo. It trips a lot of people up when we say the rapture is coming, the rapture is going to happen. It's because that word caught up, which is the Greek word harpazo, was translated into the Latin. Rapturo. Rapturo is where we get our word rapture. And what the word caught up, what Harpazo means, is to be violently snatched up instantly. Instantly. It shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, not here on earth, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be. With the Lord. Now, I, I want to remind you how fast this violent caught up, this Harpazo, this Rapturo, this caught up. When this happens, how quick it's going to be. It's it's quicker than when we see these movies that you see uh, the Left Behind series. And all the Christians are getting caught up in the clouds real nice and slow. This is actually instantly Instantly, fast. Look what it says when we pick it up in verse uh, 35 of 1 Corinthians 15. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? Remember, if you die for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain, how are the dead raised up? If they're already with Christ, how are the dead raised? Raised up. It's the body that's raising. It's all the chemicals. It's all the makeup of that body. That is rising up at that point. But how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? What body do they come? Because we and you know that the Bible teaches that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Thou fool. It's literally saying you dummy. Tonto. Get it right. That which sowest is not quickened, or is not made of That which dies is not made alive except to die. It has to die. And here's the explanation. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that the body that shall be. You don't, you really don't understand how it's going to come up because you may plant a little seed and then something comes up. Look, but bare grain, it may chance of wheat or some other grain. If it's a seed. But God giveth it a body. God is the one that giveth his seed a body as he pleases him into every seed his own body. Every seed produces something different. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of man and another of beast, another of fishes, another of birds. We have a different makeup. There are, well, think about it. A fish lives in the ocean and he doesn't rot away. You, a human being tries to live in water 24 7. Guess what's going to happen? The body's going to rot away. It's going to get soaked. It's going to rot away. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial or heavenly bodies. But the glory of the celestial earth is one and the glory of the terrestrial, the earthly, is another. Let me read that again. There are also celestial bodies. Heavenly bodies are also terrestrial. I read it again because that terrestrial is Terrestrial is earthly. But the glory of the celestial, the heavenly is one, and the glory of the terrestrial, or the earthly is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for one star differeth from another star in glory. And that's absolutely true. You know that the sun is 1.2 times million bigger than the earth. There are stars in our universe that are actually a billion times bigger than our star. There are stars big enough to encompass our whole galaxy. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living so the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that which was first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. Remember Jesus, first Adam, the first man was Adam, which is natural. So look what it says: the first Adam is of the earth, earthly, right? The second man is from heaven, heavenly. Jesus, as is the earthly, such are they also that are earthly, and as is the heavenly, such as also there that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earth, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. We're going to receive a brand new heavenly body. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Very clear. Neither does corruption inherit in corruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Remember, we just read in 1 Thessalonians, and we'll go back to chapter 4, that, We're not all going to die. So what does that mean? That means that some of us are going to get caught up in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. You know that the twinkle of an eye is not the uh, not you blinking an eye, but the twinkling of eye, that's the speed of light. Light travels at one hundred and eighty six thousand miles. Here it is. Boom. A second. One hundred and eighty six thousand miles per second. That's how fast the rapture is going to be. It's going to be instant. Now, let's continue in Thessalonians chapter 4. So we understand when we meet the Lord in the air, that it's not here on earth. It's in the air. The dead in Christ shall rise first. He's already bringing those that have died in Christ. What rises from the ground at the first resurrection is the body, all the makeup, all the chemicals. And and it says this, uh back to First Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to close it up. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord where... In the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's the rapture. His second coming is at the end. Is before he sets up his kingdom. Is when all every eye shall see him. At the rapture not every eye sees him. Except for those that are raised from the dead. And then we which are alive. And shall meet the Lord in the air. And then it says this. And so shall we ever be with the Lord, wherefore comfort one another with the nerds? Be comforted. Be comforted, church. The rapture is close. Jesus is coming. And then after the rapture, this great tribulation like never before. And you can read all about it in Revelation. Love you guys. And here's my wife to us out in prayer.
2: Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you so much for your word. And Father, we just pray right now for all the listeners out there, for blessings and protection over them and their families, and we thank you for just an amazing week, in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Thank you for that prayer. You know, I had a different message for today, or my in-between message, but I spoke to an amazing man, Daniel Winfrey, who is a Chapter 13 attorney, a good friend of mine, and, and we started talking about this, and I'm like, this is perfect. The church needs to hear this and reaffirm that we're going to meet the Lord in the air at the Harpazo, the rapture, the Kata violently snatched up. Guys, we love you. Know that it's upon us. The world is coming together. The World Economic Forum, which is a bunch of liars and thieves and self appointed bureaucrats, the who, who knows nothing about true science, who deceives its people and other what, health or or other world organizations and they're getting together they're getting together they want a one world government and let me tell you Jesus is coming back Jesus is coming back and the Antichrist will appear during the tribulation and we will meet the Lord at the rapture love you guys reach out to us at thecross.org or freedom at Adam Riojas God bless you and woohoo God is good
0: thanks for listening to freedom with adam riojas if you'd like to contact adam email him at freedom at adamriojas.com make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m here on k praise if you missed a show go to your favorite podcast provider and search freedom with adam riojas Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 8th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now enrolling. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at thecrossoceanside.com.
3: Join Women of the Word answering the unasked questions on Monday at 5 p.m. on Rumble, YouTube, and all media platforms. Women of the Word is an alliance made up of a pastor's wife and ministry leaders who understand the unique challenges faced by women in these roles. Women of the Word ministry is aimed at supporting those in the community in a variety of ministerial roles, offering insights and practical tips according to the Word of God. Listen on your favorite media platforms on Monday at 5 p.m. and visit them at WOTWministry.com.